This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Hey, what's happening in San Diego? Welcome to it. Gwen and Chris kicking off Super Bowl week here. Monday afternoon, 201 is the time. Chris Ello, Tony Gwynn Jr., Matt Scraby together all in our Odyssey Palace studios with you until 6 o'clock on this Monday, a four-hour get-together and lots coming your way, including Aztecs basketball coach Brian Dutcher. He'll be on at 4 o'clock sharp today, so make sure you are around at 4 o'clock. Looking forward to interviewing Dutch, especially after the Aztecs' impressive victory on Friday night over Boise State to jump back into first place in the Mountain West Conference. But uh Guys, big weekend, big doings down at Petco Park. The uh, Padre Fan Fest was an unbelievable success. I, I, I almost so successful that people didn't get to take advantage of everything they wanted to take advantage of. I mean, they said there was fifty, sixty thousand people down there. I don't know how you could get an actual head count. I mean. But uh, I know that Tony Gwynn Jr. was down there. I know that Matt Scraby was down there. I was out of town. I would have loved to have been there, guys. But tell me about how great FanFest was, Tony. I mean, for for anybody that wonders whether or not the Padres or the San Diego fans support their teams, please don't ask that question anymore. Yeah, no. FanFest uh, proved otherwise. It was epic. Uh, it was, um, at times, not, um, standing room only. Like, I mean, there yeah. were... There was at times wiggle where, room only. Wiggle, I was trying to find a better, a, a more decisive word. Yeah, wiggle room only. Um, and uh, I, I can't think of anything that I've ever been a part of that was that massive. It was. It was at one point. If- at one point, we were on the stage, myself, Jesse, Don, and Mud, and you couldn't see. There wasn't an open space. Available anywhere, anywhere. Yeah, you took a picture, a selfie of yourself with your head popping up in front of the crowd, and the crowd looked just like a sea of people. Yeah, just going a sea of San Diego, a sea of San Diegans. It was awesome. It was absolutely awesome. I think the fans in San Diego want to, you know, still wanted to thank the Padres for what they did last season. Felt like this was their best chance to do that. I'll show uh, show them the kind of support they're planning on. For the upcoming season, Matthew Scraby broadcast live on Saturday out at FanFest and uh, heard you were a big hit, especially with some of the hecklers out there, huh? <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> was I ever. I, at some point, we have to play the audio of me trying to fend for myself while I'm doing the radio what show. What happened out there with you? Well, I 
I was the closer or the closet is what I tweeted. I couldn't even check my spelling mm. on it. So, uh, that was also so, so I, you were the last show of the day. Yes. I, I hope you uh, will now ease off my man John Heyman and his Larson. His arson. His arson. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> arson judge. I don't, think, I don't think he could ever because uh, uh, um, Logan Webb at Giants Fan Fest said arson as well so uh, so that definitely is a is gonna be gonna stick around that one is but uh so you were the final show of the day yeah i know yeah. ben and woods broadcast live out there oh man you should have seen the crowds for coach and for ben and woods like there were at least seven people deep trying to watch ben and woods and when, when jake wait hold up you've said that a couple times now <laughs> seven people deep does not sound like a lot of people it is though because it's like you, and that's what I'm saying. You need to explain okay. that. Because when you say seven people, it seems like seven people are, are waiting. No, to, not seven people. <laughs> that's no, what no. you said. No, it's like you take the first person at the front of the line, and then you count seven people back, and then that was just full Spread around, out. Spread around. There all you out. go. That gives so, a better visual. Yeah, Coach was signing autographs. Braden signing autographs. Ben Wood signing autographs. Jake Cronenworth was a huge Braden hit. Braden was signing autographs? Yeah, he told me he was signing autographs. <laughs> I actually got a lot of pictures with people, and, and there was a, a family that came up and said they listened to 97.3 The Fan all day long, and... And they love our show, and so we got a picture with that. But the drunk hecklers, Chris, you will hear later uh, about they didn't know that I was doing live radio. I don't think. I don't think they cared either because <laughs> didn't sound like at they some cared. guy one or at some point one guy just says I'm going to try to annoy you, and he just stares at me right in front of me while I'm trying to do the show. <laughs> well, he, you, you should have looked back at him and said, "Sir, you don't have to try and annoy me because no. you are annoying. You're succeeding. Yes. You're, yes. you're succeeding. Congratulations." Well, if you would have had the same security. There at your program oh. is apparently Mr. Gwynn enjoyed. Um, I would have loved walked it. around the fan fest. You would have been okay. They had huh? secret service at fan secret fest. service. You guys Getting... are going way too far. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, working I Mr. Had... Gwynn around the premises. Well, I understand it because it would have been uh, people were everywhere. You wouldn't have been able to walk, Tony, probably without it. I will say that um, I didn't actually have security. I had some es- an escort that was kind of getting me in and out of where I had to be. Uh, it was it was just a, it was kind of a love fest, man. I, I think, um, in particular, Fernando speaking for the eleven minutes he spoke. Um, it was really the first time since that really uh, what is it? Dep- yeah, the depressing press depressing yeah. press conference he had here in San Diego right after he he uh, was suspended. Uh, it was nice to see a smile on Fernando's face. You know, it was even nicer was to see how the fans received him. And coming back, I think that was like his first step forward in trying to put everything that has happened behind him, uh, but also being mindful that he's he's being watched. And uh, it was, I think, it was a uh, positive uh, step forward for Fernando. I want to play what Fernando said about facing the fans. I think it's a, a funny analogy that he brings up. <laughs> of course, of course, I am. I, if if I went, I wouldn't be lying other way, but. You know, I feel like it's good emotion, those butterflies when you go on the first date. I feel like <laughs> that's about it. To be clear, date. he was asked yes, uh, if he was, how he felt or if he was worried about what the fan reception was. He said, of course I am. Yeah. And uh, that's a that's a natural human thing to, to feel. But I thought all in all, it was it was great, man. It got to, everybody got to see, I mean, the stars. I mean, to see... 
Xander and Juan and Manny and Fernando on the stage all at once. You get a chance to see, like, man, that's some serious star power up on that stage. Yeah, that's unbelievable. I mean, that doesn't even include Musgrove. Right, right. Worth and, and everybody was there. I mean, the players, you know, this has become a thing, the Fan Fest, right? I mean, I, I don't know about how long ago you grew up following your baseball team out there. But when I grew up following a baseball team, there was no such thing as a fan nah. fest. You couldn't. You know get what within, fan fest was? You it, couldn't get within a hundred miles of one of those players when I was growing up in L.A. I never, I never got to rub elbows with Steve Garvey, and I know that you know a lot of people said, "Well, I had to stand in line, etc." Well, yeah, there was you know tens of thousands of people there all trying to yeah, get welcome, the same autograph. Welcome to so, what it's like when your team is really good. Yeah, that's it. You know, if you want, if you want to, if you want to get in line for. Cheap and easy autographs. Yeah, follow the Rockies. They, they probably had about twelve people at their fan fest. And then when you get to the front of the line, you wouldn't know who anybody was anyway because yeah. they don't have any recognizable you know, players. Fan so. fest used to be uh, if you if you could afford to go to a spring training, that was like as close as you got. That was why everybody enjoyed going to Yuma or, or, or going to these complexes now. Yeah. But as you said, there is like a almost like a welcome party. To begin the season now with these fan fests, and you get a chance to get close, to touch, to hear from, to see, um, all before you know it, it becomes work. Because right now it's still the off season, and it's not work. But once spring training comes along, yes, you can get to see the guys, but they are there to start locking in on baseball season. So this was kind of the opening for the fans here in the twenty twenty three season. Yeah, and I want to I want everybody to understand this when you stand in line for a while. And you get to the front of the line, and you finally get a chance to go over and talk to Manny Machado or get your picture taken with Manny Machado. Understand that Manny Machado is trying to visit with as many fans as he can during that day. And I know that probably just about everybody gets up and goes, can you just sign one more thing? Can you? Can I just do one? I mean, I waited all this time. I'm finally at the front of the line. Can I get an extra minute with you? Manny Machado, and I'm using this as an example, but whoever that player is would love to spend that extra minute with you, but they're doing their best to try to work as many fans through so as many fans as possible can get to say hi to these people. I would take it a step further. I would say that in most cases, Manny Machado is going to take that extra time and spend that time with you, but there is going to be a consequence on the other side of that. The consequences are that the last thousand people at the end of the line are probably not going to get a chance to meet Manny Machado. I, I, I will but. say this about that whole thing with the autographs. I think there needs to be more communication in line of what's happening because I think there was a lot. I saw a lot of um, complaints that people got up to the front of the line and they didn't even know who was at the front of the line. And when they stood there for two hours, they thought they were getting Manny, but they weren't. They're were getting someone else. Yeah, both things can be true. Yeah. Well, look, I mean, it's a madhouse. It's an absolute madhouse. I mean, if you're going down to Fan Fest. And to be fair, I don't know that... you expect that it's not going to exactly be a piece of cake for you to go ahead and get a photo taken with Fernando Tatis Jr. And to be fair, nothing like this is ever, in this form that we saw on Saturday, has yeah, ever... Yeah, from the Padres' point had, of view, yeah. they've never seen this many people at a fan no, fest. I mean, so the other thing that I really wanted to bring up was a fantastic idea that the Padres had on Friday, the day before the Fan Fest. Oh, yeah. When they went out around the city, they went to Chula Vista, they went to East County, they went to, you know, the central San Diego. 
but they sent out four or five different groups of players caravan. in a caravan. Yeah. What a terrific idea this was. Now, this was not promoted. Nobody knew about it. Everything was organic. They showed up at schools. They showed up at firehouses. They showed up here. They showed up there. There, they were able to mingle with fans that they happened to run into, take some photos, spread the word, spread the gospel. Uh, I, this was a great idea by the Padres. And, you know, you look at a guy like Joe Musgrove. Joe Musgrove on Thursday spent at least an hour of his time sitting with the coach, John Cantera, out at the coffee house in Alpine. Yep. Then on Friday, he spent most of his day out in a caravan running around the city saying hi to fans. I just I, I can't imagine how fun that was for the fans that happened to run into that caravan. And there's no way to know where it was going to be because they didn't promote it, and I like how they did it. And then Joe Musgrove spent all of his Saturday at the Fan Fest. So, I mean, you're asking a guy a month before, less than a month before spring training starts where his time is going to be taken up every day for seven months to give up three straight days of his time to go out and meet with fans. That's the kind of people we have here. And I can tell you as a fact that he has probably created even more Joe Joe Musgrove fans, not only for himself, but for the Padres, right? Right. I mean, because... I still hear it today about the times my dad got went out in the community with the Padres and people remember that. And so Joe is uh he's an exceptional cat, man. You just you just uh it's it it's it's not often that those type of things happen or get to happen, but that was uh that was top of the class right there for them for the Padres to get out in the community and the way they did it, unannounced, un wasn't something as you said that was like put out there. Wasn't scripted. No, they just did it. Just went out, said hi to people, shook hands, posed for pictures, signed autographs. Friday was really an amazing thing. Annie Heilbrunn from the uh, San Diego Union Tribune was, uh, she was kind of following that uh, that caravan on Friday. She's going to join the program here in about a half an hour. So we'll get her thoughts about Fan Fest, about the start of this season. As mentioned, Brian Dutcher, the Aztecs head coach, will be on at 4 o'clock today. In and around that, Daily Gambit, Chris First, the fans, Big Five, all the regular features. We got you covered until 6 o'clock, but uh, what a weekend it was. And uh, what an amazing turnout it was by you fans out at FanFest on Saturday. We'll talk more about that. Gwen and Chris is underway for a Monday. Glad you've joined us on San Diego's number one sports talk station, 97.3 The Fan. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Hey! 
Odyssey is giving you a chance to win a trip to London to see Taylor Swift at the Eras Tour. It's Tay in the UK. Hey, it's Taylor. Just download the free Odyssey app, log in and listen to a participating station for a minimum of 60 minutes to get your daily entry. And you could win a chance to fly off to London with three friends and see Taylor. I can't wait to see you at the Eras Tour in London. For more, go to odyssey.com slash Taylor. Tay in the UK. It's on the Odyssey app. Thanks to Republic Records. This is a national contest. 220 on the clock, Tony Wood Jr., Chris Ello, Bat Scraby. Starting off your Monday the right way. You know what? I, or can't I should wait. say ending your Monday the right way. I can't wait until we get to the uh, heckling segment with Scraby later on in the show. It's going to be fun to listen to Hear him the sound squirm through the, through the speakers. Oh, uh, there was real. People almost got the real. Yeah, the one we get off air. Oh, yeah, the one you guys get off air? They almost got it live on the air. You can, Tony's heard the audio. You could probably hear can, me about to you take can, that step. You can feel his 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 temperature <laughs> rising. Rise. As you that. can hear it. <laughs> he's trying to be and he's trying to be so polite. He's trying to be so nice. But they are really just yeah. poke they're poking the bear. Yeah. They're poking, poking the bear, bear and they didn't stop poking. <laughs> no, no, they did. Funny. Now, How was the show otherwise, Scraby? Oh, it was great. It was awesome. I, I really did have a great time. Plenty to talk about. Uh, they were playing, actually, when I before I got there, I went and sat in the stands just to like, observe stuff, and then they were playing the NLCS uh, from the day game where they had that inning where they took the lead against yeah. the, the Phillies, yeah, yeah, yeah. and people in the outfield were like clapping, and I was it clapping. Was, it was, was, it was almost as if the game was happening. We were really like in a was. bar, and the game was happening yeah, right there. Yeah, it was fun. It I would just show the seventh inning of the Dodger game over they and did. over did. They did. They did. I, I was, over and over again. I can't remember where I was when it was happening. Happening, but I do recall hearing like a eruption of cheers. Yeah, game as it, four, seventh inning. You can play. You can watch that a million times. We should also Padres, say yeah. that the Padres paid attention because people were still in line when I got there around one one thirty. They extended so they, it an they hour. Extended it an hour until five p.m. So that's how popular no, this whole it was thing amazing. was. Now it was uh, amazing. we talked about a lot of the players being there. Got some sound, uh, and I, I'm sure everybody wants to hear from Fernando on uh, perhaps what position he'll play. <laughs> uh, I gotta talk to my manager, <laughs> but I'm open. I mean, uh, I feel this is a great team what we have. This is a great roster. Um, what front office has built together, and uh, I feel like everybody's on the same page, and that page is winning. So whatever it takes, we're gonna do it. That was a theme. Well, that's a great thing to hear. Yeah. I mean, honestly, I mean, if, if Fernando Tatis Jr. not that he's in any position to do so based on everything that he's put us through. But, you know, if he really wanted to play shortstop, you'd have an issue. I plan on playing shortstop. You'd have an issue, for sure, because I know Xander Bogart's plans on playing shortstop. So, you know, Fernando, look, he's going to do what he can. He's going to be a good soldier this year. I hope that, you know, he has a great year. The team has a great year. And that allows you to go forward with the same kind of deal. I mean, he's played shortstop his whole life. It's not going to be easy for him to go out and have to play right field or left field or wherever it is he winds up playing center field, maybe against left-handed pitching. But, you know, to me it's going to be a big part of the success of this team that he's willing to do that. So. It's, it's Yeah, that's I think that's where it starts. So hearing those comments from him, I think, uh, is a step. Again, we talked about taking a step in the right direction. That's another one, right? He, he's pretty much – when you hear – we're on the same page, and that and that page is winning. 
that sounds to me that he's willing to do whatever is asked of him. And uh, spring training is, he said he's about 90% healthy in terms of the shoulder and I assume the, the wrist. Uh, and that's a good thing. As you get ready to head into spring training, we're, he'll get a ton of playing time. I mean, he's going to be able to be out there, and they'll bring him along slow, right? You don't want to have any injuries that prevent him from ramping up, uh, but he's going to he's going to be out there. He, he's not going to a World Baseball Classic like some of the guys are on his team, and these are the games that are going to be important for him because he's going to miss the first 20. We also then heard from manager Bob Melvin. And, of course, as Fernando said, I'm going to have to talk to my manager. Don't worry, Fernando. The media did it for you. They asked uh, asked Bob where he would play. But Bob, uh, I think, confided in everybody that he thought it might be easier for the transition for, for, for Fernando if it was in the outfield. Well, you know, well, first of all, he's going to be 20 games before we get him back. So we're, we have him in the infield and the outfield working out right now. You know, I don't know with that you know being inactive for basically a year and a half or so shoulder surgery wrist surgery that maybe the outfield takes a little off his plate to begin with might be good for him um but he's he's open for anything too so once we get to spring training we'll start moving guys around a little bit but but he's ready to play the outfield if, if we need him to so doesn't look like Bo Mel's tipping his hand there. He said, "Well, he's not going to tip his hand, but I mean, what's he going to do?" <laughs> right? There's no. And he's not going to put him at shortstop. There's we already only, know that. There's only two positions technically that you could even offer up in the infield. Shortstop? No, actually, you can't offer up shortstop. There's only one position. Shortstop's you got. not available. <laughs> Third so, base isn't available. Bob Third did. base not available. Cronenworth's playing. Right. So. Fernando is either playing first base with Cronenworth at second, and I really don't see that happening nope. with Hassan Kim on this team. I honestly think Fernando plays one of the corner outfield positions yep. against right-handed pitching. I think against left-handed pitching, based on how well he takes to center field, I think you could put him there in center field and rest Grisham from time to time against lefties and put him in center. I'm not saying he's he gets that every single time. Sounds like outfield see, is what you're saying. But he's going to be in the outfield. I <laughs> right. mean, that's just it. You know, maybe Bogarts takes a few games off. But if Bogarts takes a few games off, would you want to risk bringing Fernando in just for, like, a spot start here and there at shortstop? I'm not even sure I'd want to do that. I might just slide Cronenworth over on days or Hassan Kim over on days that – Bogarts needs to, a day off. To be honest, I, I don't know that that is would be would work anyway. Remember, Fernando was was still working on himself as a shortstop, and so to just be kind of dropped in there every so often, I don't know is 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 a good thing at all anyway. I don't. So that's why I agree. With, so, I agree. So, so I think if Bogarts takes time off, you're going to say, "Well, put Fernando at short." No, you got Hassan Kim. I mean, you can put him at shortstop; be just fine. Let Fernando cruise through the outfield. Yeah, no, that, that'll it'll be something that we're all kind of sitting and watching as it happens. First, first of all, you don't have to worry about it for the first twenty games. So True. there's that. You, you you can figure that out April twentieth when Fernando uh, returns for his first game. All right, now Manny Machado. Uh, there was some news that he kind of made coming out. Uh, we heard from AJ Preller uh, that the ball was in Manny's court in terms of this. Uh, extension. Well, Manny kind of uh, turned that on its head a little bit, uh, and he spoke about the opt-out himself. Obviously, the priority is not. I think that's on AJ and and, and Peter and the organization. Um, you know, I think we've I've expressed myself on on uh, you know where we stand, and um, 
you know, uh, you know, I think the main focus for me during the season is, is to go out there and play baseball. And, you know, to me, I think, uh, you know, my focus is on, on trying to bring a championship to, to, this, to this team and to, this, to the city that's been waiting for it for a long time. So, um, you know, I think, uh, you know, for me, it's just going out there and playing baseball and, you know, let AJ and, um, you know, Peter and, and my AJ handle, handle those things. You know, I love this team. Um, you know the players, the thing that we've 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 done here in the past. So, um, you know, yeah, definitely for sure. That was interesting for me, um, and I and I'll tell you why is because the first thing you, you think of because we heard as I said AJ mentioned that it, the ball was kind of in you know Manny's court because as the Padres look at it, Manny's still under contract for another what six years? Is it six? Um. Yeah. He's yeah. yeah. Still. Yeah. yeah. So, that, so he's that, done with his fourth season. The yes. the opt yes. out. Uh, this is how the Padres look at it. They look at it. He's still under contract for an, another six. Now we all know there's an opt out there, and from a business standpoint, it would make no sense at all for Manny not to to use that opt out. Uh, but the fact that he has now put the ball back into the Padres' court in terms of this extension, I think, is interesting because you wonder how long. And listen, it could be the whole season. Is Manny comfortable negotiating in season? Because we often see players say, you have until such and such time, and then I'm done. And then I don't want to talk about it. I'm right. at, at some point, I think Joe had a couple different deadlines that he, he had set that he didn't want to negotiate past. Now, he obviously felt comfortable negotiating past that. They got a deal done. Um, but will that be the same case for Manny? I don't. I don't think we know that. Well, I, I think the fact that I, the the thing that I like the most about that isn't having a whole lot to do with the negotiation. It has a lot to do with the fact that he said he loves it here and he's open to staying here. That that's the main thing. I mean, to me, because if he's willing, if he wants to stay here, and the Padres want to keep him, he's probably going to stay here. They're probably going to find a way to work it out. You know, I, if Manny didn't feel like. If he really wanted to open himself up to the highest bidder, I think he would have left that part out. What part? The part about, I'm open to staying in San Diego. Because otherwise, if you, if you just leave that out, that to me means, you know what, you're going to sit back, relax, and see how much money's out there. But if you're open to staying in San Diego, it sounds like at the very least you're going to live San Diego the first shot yeah. to try to work something out. Well, either way, uh, his focus, as he said, as we heard Fernando said, Per se is on winning and winning right now. That brings us to our next Padre, Mr. Soto. He was also asked about his contract situation. I mean, I have two more years here. Uh, I think that's a that's a long time. <laughs> if you go day by day, I try to enjoy every moment, every second I'm here, like I did in Nationals, and I'm happy to be here. And I'll have two more years, and we will see what is going to happen after that. It means a lot. It means that they want to they want to win, and everybody wants to be in a franchise that they want to win. So for me, it just feel it feel great to be here. Like I said, I have two more years here. I'm going to try to enjoy as much as I can. Well, I mean, again, similar answers. They're they're both locked in on what's happening now. Same agent, right? No, not the same agent. Juan Soto is a Scott Boris. Oh, I thought guy. Manny was a Scott Manny Boris. Manny is not guy. a Scott oh. Boris. I think he's Lozano. I think I'm not oh. sure. I know he's not Scott Boris. So, um, 
But, but talk about this because I found this interesting when I was pulling the clips earlier. Is that like how much does Juan Soto put into negotiations? Because he was saying he's it's up to his agent. His agent's going to deal with all that, and I can just play baseball. Does does his agent just go out and make the negotiations for him and then present it to him? Or? Yeah, I mean it's basically a, in order for you to be free of mind, right, and not necessarily be worried about. What's going to happen with your contract? You you put it in your agent's hands, and the team and the agent will negotiate. You'll be privy to those conversations, and when there is a decision to be made, you have A and you have B offer. What do you think? It goes back to them. Um, some of the small details, you you know, some guys want to know them, some guys don't want to know them. Um, so you know, I I, I think Juan will be. As locked in, um, we'll, we'll know as much about the the contract negotiations as he needs to. So uh, that was you guys getting to hear from uh, the Padres on Fan Fest. It does really feel like the season is like right around the corner. Sooner, before you know it, you'll be hearing from me in Arizona as we are starting to approach spring training games. So, yeah. did you speak by the way at Fan Fest at all? I or? did. I did. I was on. Uh, I was on the panel with uh, all the other broadcasters: Jesse, Don, and Mud. It was pretty epic. Uh, Bud led led a terrific rendition of I saw the video. "Take Me Out to the Ball Game." <laughs> <laughs> there were so many people there. It was amazing. It was. It was ridiculous. <laughs> it really was. Like I, it was. It was jaw dropping to see how many people were there. I mean, that's as probably as close as you'll ever feel to Elton John. I mean, that's how many people were there. It was like you're on a cart and people are like touching you. It was, it was uh, and I'm, I'm just a broadcaster. I don't do anything, but I don't play any play any games for this team. But that's how it felt, man. It was pretty epic. That's amazing. It was pretty epic. All right, let's get to break. When we come back, Annie Halbram, who was followed that caravan, she'll join us next, and we'll have a little conversation about it. We're going to Chris on the way. Welcome back to the program. 2.39 is the time. Chris Ello, Tony Gwynn Jr., Matt Scraby, together in our Odyssey Palace studios, following a love this weekend between the Padres and their fans. Of course, uh, Super Bowl week kicks off. Got an interesting story about Nick Sirianni, guys. Got a little chip on his shoulder. He got a little chip, huh? A little upset. We'll talk oh, about gosh. that uh, as the pro. What, what? Wait, what did you just no, say? He I said, oh, oh gosh. What's, what's wrong, Scrape? What's the matter? Know, just a little over the What's next the year. Remember, to... you know he's kind of like the new Kyle Shanahan. No, he's not. He's just, he's just a more <laughs> successful version, that's all. Uh, you know what? We'll, we'll see in like four years because remember what I told you last week? The last Eagles coach that brought him to the Super Bowl in his second year as a head coach was also fired two years later. All so. right, we'll find out about that. But, uh, we're you said go... that like that was like a oh, you yeah. exercised the demons. Scrape, yeah. can't wait Nick Sirianni has, uh, has a disappointment down the road somewhere. Hey, nothing disappointing about what the Padres and uh, the organization pulled off this weekend. Annie Heilbrunn from the San Diego Union Tribune joins us here. On Gwen and Chris, and uh, it's always great to have you on, Annie. Uh, I don't know how you could describe the Fan Fest or the Caravan on Friday as anything but an amazing success, not only from the Padres' side, but for the fans to come out and that kind of number uh, just shows that, uh, you know what, we do have some pretty good Padre fans in this town, huh? 
Tony, Chris. It is it's great to hear your voices, by the way. I, I would have loved to get Tony's autograph at FanFest, but there was just too many people. There was, that line was too long. Well, he I also had security with him. Okay. Yeah, exactly. All right. But, but, uh, but yes, we'll talk about that. But it, it was great to have those two events back to back because I think it just really fired San Diego up. It just felt like, okay, baseball season is here. They did so many great things in the community on Friday. There were just like so many great moments. And, and, um, I think the players really had a good time doing that. And then on Saturday, you know, you hit them with a fan fest and, you know, it was, it was this, this chaos that I don't think anyone ever totally imagined how how many people would actually not only show up but stay for pretty much it seemed like most of the day yeah yeah. um yeah and so i mean it just really goes to show you like how excited the city is for this team and honestly like i don't think it even hit me you know we saw those photos going around of the big four and things like that you know after that event i don't think it hit me that all these guys are on the same team until i saw those photos and all of them together on one stage and things like that and it was like Okay, like, now you're you're starting to really get excited for the season and what might come. Yeah, it's funny you said that because I, I thought the same thing until that photo was posted of all four of them on the stage. I don't think it had really hit me until that very moment. And it is a it is it's a nice it's a nice thing to wake up to for sure to have <laughs> those four guys sharing the stage. And I want to ask you a little bit about the caravan because that was really yeah. unannounced, um, and it wasn't just the group that you mentioned in and Juan Soto and Jake Cronenworth and Tim Hill. They had other caravans going around the city. Just talk a little bit about your experience with the group that you traveled with. Yeah, it was really cool. So you're right. There was there were 15 players total. And then the group that I was hanging around with was, um, yeah, Jake Cronenworth, Tim Hill, Juan Soto, and Ethan Salas. And, but then there were all these other players, including Manny Machado, Yu Darvish, Fernando Tatis Jr., Joe Musgrove, um, Xander Bogarts. I mean, the list goes on and on that were making stops because they were in other groups. So they went to South um, South San Diego Central and also East San Diego, and I believe a little bit into North County. I'm not sure exactly how far they got on that, but to hospitals, to schools, to um, a military base, and then also to um, just drop-ins. Like there was an hour that they walked the streets in the gas lamp, that they walked the streets in Little Italy, um, and were just hanging out. So it was really cool in that sense. They got a little bit of that organic feel where if you were just, you know, hanging, if you were just in, in, in the right place at the right time, you were going to catch one of these guys. And, you know, you, you never see them in that kind of atmosphere where yeah. Juan Soto is standing at a pizza parlor, you know, in Little Italy trying to get himself a piece of pizza and other, you know, other people that are just eating their food over there and, and having fun with him, things like that. Um, he took someone, someone was driving around shouting his name and they finally parked <laughs> and got out went up to him had on a dodgers hat he took the hat he threw it to ethan and he gave her his padres hat so <laughs> it was just these little fun moments but then I, it was fun because i was with them for the school and for um the petco pet store as well and so at the school you can just imagine how yeah. nuts these kids went i mean it was they you there were 50 kids around these guys at all time but but Juan played the piano at one point. A cafeteria worker kissed him on the cheek. Um, Jake was playing soccer and racing all the kids. You know, Tim and Ethan were having a bunch of fun. And then at the pet store, Tim was holding a cat. And, you know, Jake was learning about fish. And, and Juan was trying to avoid a snake. And, I mean, it was just all these fun little <laughs> moments that you never get to see. 
But one thing that did stand out to me, too, is Juan Soto. Like, this guy, his personality, I, I think having him now for a full year and him coming back in and feeling comfortable, he is funny. He's got a funny personality. I think him and Fernando, once they get going, are going to have a heck of a lot of fun out there. Um, but we, I got to see a lot more of Juan Soto's personality, which, which is a kick. The great Padres reporter, you see her down at the, all the Padre games, also uh, writes uh, from time to time at the San Diego Union-Tribune. Our friend Annie Heilbrunn is with us. And I know you wrote about this in your story Saturday, Annie, but talk about the genesis of the caravan and the Padres' idea and, you know, getting the players to buy into this. I mean, you, you have your, yeah. your fan fest on Saturday, but the caravan – I mean, from what I've seen in the past, not Padres, but just in general, you're lucky to get one star player to commit to doing a caravan like this. Every single Padre player committed to this caravan, and basically they gave two days of themselves with Friday and Saturday together. Yeah, that's what was so interesting about it, because you guys know, and I know it sounds you know, especially for Tony, whose dad was always willing to do community events, it sounds like oh gosh okay these guys are giving two days but in this day and age it's it's kind of a lot like you're asking they're they're just used to having this off-season time to be with their families they give so much time away from their families during the year and then they're so close to going to spring training that to ask them to do those two days um in a row was was a little bit more of an ask you know and everybody was caught everybody realized that but the players bought in right away and for all the superstars to buy in like that. And really the whole genesis of it was to thank San Diego. We want to go around. We want to thank San Diego. Some of those stops, you know, are kids and fire stations and PD and hospitals, but some of them are just organic on the streets things. And they didn't want the public to know about it. A, because we saw what happened in fan fest, mom. Um, but B, also, they wanted it to feel grassroots. It was very important to them for it to feel organic and, and grassroots. And, like, you just might run into one of your favorite players that day. So um, it, it made for it to be very fun, I think, because people – word of mouth got around a little bit, and people were, were, were showing up that knew some of the locations. But for the most part, it was also just, you know, random people that just happened to be there at the right time. And so – um, I think that was a lot of fun for players, and they got to be with each other. I think that helps, too, in terms of camaraderie and just building a little bit of a, of a relationship even before you're going to spring training, especially with them going to the WBC. Like That can be helpful as well. But it does speak a lot to the team and the players and everybody involved, the community relations department at, at, at the Padres, um, that they were able to get so many players, the superstar players, because you're right, in the past, that's really your guys that, that probably aren't starting every game. You know, you might get one of those guys, but you're definitely not getting a majority of them, and that's really what the Padres had to this caravan, which was really cool. These are the sacrifices of having a good team. You know, you got to yeah. make those type of sacrifices <laughs> where the superstars come out. Annie Halbert joins us, Padres reporter. You see her on the sideline there. You see her. Uh, occasionally you read her writing in the uh, Union Tribune. Annie, I, I, you mentioned superstars, and you and Kevin Acey did a, a terrific piece on on really Fernando and him kind of uh, getting back into the groove of thing with his teammates, particularly Joe Musgrove. Just talk about what you saw with your own eyes when you got a chance to go down there and watch those guys work in terms of Fernando kind of getting back into the groove of thing with his teammates. Yeah, th- thank you for that. And it, it was really cool to, to be out there and to see him 
looking more like himself. Um, I think that the last year or two, we had kind of not seen the same Fernando Tatis Jr. that we saw that came into the league um, with Eric Hosmer and Manny Machado that first year and everything. And, you know, of course, people are going to grow and they're going to change and things like that. But he had, he had lost a little bit of that kind of light that he had had. And um, I think part of that, too, was was the injuries. I think it was the, how quickly he rose to superstardom. I think there was a lot going on. But at the pool, he was he was mellow. He was quiet. He was focused. But then he was He was having a good time. He was racing Joe Musgrove. He was doing a little trash talk. And what was cool about the the pool setting was it wasn't just baseball players. It was also professional. It was the class is designed for elite professional athletes. So there were MMA fighters. There were um, rugby professional rugby players. There was some NFL people. So it's cool because they were all able to sort of support each other and be in this environment where you're not. It's less physical than people think because right. actually these guys see it as like a almost like a rest day, which cracks me up because you know I'm, I'm, I would drown in there. But, <laughs> but they, you know what I mean. But they're, they're you know for them it's easy on their joints, it's easy on their muscles. It's really more about mentally being able to get to that next level, and it's really you against you. It's not you against the guy next to you. It's it's how can you tap into bettering yourself that day, and so. They really liked that. That whole element of it was really great and really cool. But in talking to Fernando, I, I really wasn't sure what we were going to get. And um, he was, you know, he, it was clear that he felt like it was clear that he was still holding on to the scars of last year, right. but that he was also ready to move forward and that he was confident. And I mean, he the the, the surgeries that he had, he feels good about. Um, the, I think the, the emotional and mental, you know, growth that he's had over the last six months or last year, he also feels good about, I think in the long run, this might be a period. And of course there's many years that are, are, you know, he's going to have to continue to show that, but, um, this might be something that was good for him. No one ever wants to go through that, but it also seems to have reset him in some ways. And so, um, I, I think that he's in a good place mentally and he's in a good place where he understands that like the only thing that matters right now is his work. You know, he can talk about it and he does talk about it and he hasn't shied away from any question he's been asked, but he also realizes, okay, I got to go out there and I got to show it. You know, I got to show that I'm committed to doing the things behind the scenes that I need to do, to being a good teammate, to being a good, you know, ambassador to the organization and also to myself that I'm going to, you know, show myself that I'm able to recover from this. Um, and so it was fun to see that. You know, I, I asked him, I think you guys are going to kick out of this. Like, do you, should you give yourself some time? Like, you know, you might not be able to go from zero to 100 right away. Like, maybe give yourself, like, a grace period. And he just kind of laughed at me, you know, like the stupidest question he's ever heard. <laughs> you know, and because, um, and, you know, why? Like, he, he knows how to play baseball. He knows how to go out there and do what he does. And so I just thought in that sense it was good. It was good for him to 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 feel that confidence because I think in the last few years those surgeries, uh, I'm sorry, those injuries, um, they really inhibited him in terms of playing the game the way he likes to play it. And I think that now he feels like he can get back to doing that, and that's giving him, giving him more confidence as well. One thing I learned in this discussion with Annie Heilbrunn, if I run into Juan Soto, I want to be wearing a Dodger hat. <laughs> the reason is. Because You'll at the end, <laughs> I'll end up with Juan Soto's Padre hat. Right. And that's what I'll want in the first place. Always keep a Dodger hat handy in case you run into Juan Soto out there. <laughs> that's pretty cool that he gave the fan his own his own Padre hat. What a, what a weekend it was for the Padres. Annie, it's going to be an amazing season. We can't wait. 
18 days to the first spring training game. Are we going to oh see you God. down at spring training at all? Yeah, that's the, that's the plan, guys, and I can't wait to see you at Petco for the season. It, it should be a lot of fun. It should be very entertaining, too, so it, it'll be great to see you both. All right, we look forward Thank to you, it. Thanks, Annie. Annie. As always, great talking with you. Thanks for having me, guys. You betcha. Annie Heilbrunn, Padres reporter, joining us on the Premier Chevrolet of Carlsbad fan hotline. Save money the right way with Premier Chevrolet of Carlsbad. Visit them today in the Carlsbad Automall. Chevrolet, find new roads. All right, uh, good weekend out there for the uh, Padres and uh, their fans and a chance for everybody to take part and feel like uh, they're part of Padre baseball. And uh, like I said, I think that caravan that they did on Friday was really a, just a just a nice touch Money. by the Padres. They, they, look, you can if you want to be if you want to be this kind of person, you can say, well, the fan fest is a way for them to make a little money here and there and sell some items and da da da. The caravan was totally selfless on the part of the Padres. Totally selfless, and I, I just think that uh, you know it shows this organization you know wants to get back to this fan base. This fan base wants to get back to this organization. It's it's a it's a love affair right that's, now, that's, Tony. That's going I, both we, ways. We keep coming back to those that word love fest, love yeah. affair, and it's you know that's kind of been what it's what it is since the Padres really eliminated. It feels like the Dodgers is when it started. It could have started a little <laughs> bit earlier with the Mets, but it feels like it accelerated after the Dodgers victory. So, Yeah, yeah, yeah. Seventh inning, game four. Right. Just play it for me. It's over been a love fest from that day again. till now. That moment, Jay Cronenworth got that base hit. Yeah, this Padre uh, fan. Well, look, I mean, there's great Padre fans that have been around this team forever and ever. Yeah, don't tell yeah, my I, drunk, I, I my drunk about heckler about that. Some of, some of our, our old-time Padre fans are feeling some type of way about these new fans. Let me tell you something, old-time Padre fans. You can have it one of two ways. Tell you, them, can give old, it to them. you can be old-time Padre fan and root for the team by yourself. Or you can be old-time Padre fan and welcome everybody Indeed. onto the bandwagon Indeed. and enjoy this whole thing together. And then you could be it the comes elder with the territory, right? Of being exactly. A great team. Exactly. It Nobody just does. Nope. You don't get bandwagon team bandwagon fans for bad teams. Nobody jumps on <laughs> the bandwagon of the Falcons. <laughs> right. Right. Sorry, Adam. <laughs> Sorry. Adam. It's just a good example. That's they all. are a good example. Yeah. <laughs> the right. Falcons of all teams. <laughs> Well, seriously, when's the last time somebody not from Atlanta ran out and bought a Falcons hat? It's been a while. Come on. Doesn't happen. Daily Game it next. Winning Chris. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Odyssey is giving you a chance to win a trip to London to see Taylor Swift at the Eras Tour. It's Tay in the UK. Hey, it's Taylor. Just download the free Odyssey app, log in and listen to a participating station for a minimum of 60 minutes to get your daily entry. And you could win a chance to fly off to London with three friends and see Taylor. I can't wait to see you at the Eras Tour in London. For more, go to odyssey.com slash Taylor. Tay in the UK. It's on the Odyssey app. Thanks to Republic Records. This is a national contest. (laughs) 